Strategic planning is about making decisions today based on future assumptions. Based on, so we're making decisions today based on where we're going. So this is about getting really intentional uh, about where your business is going. And the fact of the matter is, most businesses don't have it written down. They don't visit it e each year and they under communicate it by a factor of 10. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm Molly Nolan, your episode host, and with me is Brian Nolan, managing partner of Nolan Consulting Group and a frequent guest of Out of the Hourglass. Today, we're talking about visioning and the role it plays within your business's story. It's a process or exercise that most people don't understand or know how to do. Leaders often struggle with clarity. They can fear putting something down on paper. But oh boy, it is a game changer that can help define success, engagement, opportunity, and alignment. It is a core strategy that kicks off the cascading planning process. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the Hourglass. All right, Brian Nolan, Managing Partner of Nolan Consulting Group, welcome back to the podcast. How are Thank we? You. Thanks, Molly. Always good to be back on the podcast. I still, you know, I still got so much to say, so... Hopefully you'll have me back more. I'm sure future. we will. We've got we've got a podcast calendar to fill out. So uh I know I know where the content is. Um no, but in, in reality, the last time we had you on here was for our succession planning discuss our succession planning program that we released this year. And you walked us through over three episodes. Right. You know, the, the, that just the the purpose of succession planning, how we look at it, how we work with clients. So in a way, why we're here today kind of is almost on the other side of it a little bit. Um, we're talking about visioning. Visioning is a part of planning. But more than that, we're talking about the practice of visioning, something that I know you are pretty passionate about, having been around you for many, many <laughs> years growing up in your orbit. I know you have talked to this uh this topic and you've talked to a lot of people professionally and personally about the vision for their lives and what they want it to look like and have put them through the exercise. Um, so I know why it's important, but Brian, why do you believe it's important and why are we making it a point to use utilize the podcast episode to talk about it today? Yeah, you know, Ma, this is probably a podcast we should we should have done a long time ago uh, because everything we do at Nolan Consulting um, is about the vision that people have for their business. And we always say that like the vision, a uh, vision is sort of like the compass and uh, that we we follow. So we, in our in our sales process, we ask candidates about their vision. Uh, and then when we get started, we ask them, we help them write down a two or three page vision. And what we realized is that, that people don't know how to vision, that visioning, how, how to vision is something that, is not talked about. And uh, a lot of times it's cloudy, it's it's dreamy. Um, and, and so what we want to do on this podcast is talk about how to create your vision, why it's important, 
how to do it and how to make it alive in your company. It's funny when you say we should have done this a long time ago, you're right. I think we've done a lot of emphasis on primary aim in prior podcast discussions, we've got, you know, and you know the importance of that, which obviously gets played into the vision a little bit. Um, so when we say vision or visioning, what are we talking about here? So um, we're really talking about, from a definition standpoint, a desired future state. It's actually a date certain. You're, you're writing it in the present tense as if you're already there. There's a term that I learned from an author, Jim Fanning, in the book, The 90-Second Rule, where he talked about going from B to A. Do you know how we always go like, okay, we're at A, we want to get to B. How are we going to get to B? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're visioning, you're actually starting at B, and you're describing B. Yeah, I always say you see B like on Golden Pond. You see what your business will look like in three years. We like a three-year vision and then a one-year sub-vision, but a three-year vision is long enough out there where it gives you the reach, but not too far out there that it seems like a dream and, and you can't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it's something we want to write down annually. This is an annual exercise. It guides- so you Don't do it and put it on the shelf and think you've done it and- forget about it. This is, you're coming back to it every, every year to kind of check in on it. Yeah. Like unlike a primary aim, um, which is a personal exercise about where you want to be as a person, where your business plays a role. Um, the, this, this vision document is a shared document. Um, it, it guides the direction of your company it is the chief decision-making criteria. You know, back in 1990, I first got into visioning and I went to this strategic planning workshop. And I, I have never forgotten uh, this, this uh, thought. Strategic planning is about making decisions today based on future assumptions. Based on, so we're making decisions today based on where we're going. So this is about getting really intentional uh, about where your business is going. And the fact of the matter is most businesses don't have it written down. They don't visit it e- each year and they under communicate it by a factor of 10. And we're going to talk about that during this podcast. Is that why strategic meetings or intentions can often feel maybe overwhelming or scary because obviously you're operating off of future intent. So that means you're taking, you're basically, you're planning ideas on with risk involved because you don't actually know what's going to happen, but you're, but that's what you're planning for. Well, this is why it's stressful for a lot of high C's like yourself. And (laughs) um, when you sit through a visioning exercise where the leader is talking about where we're going, you're immediately going B to A and you're illuminating the pathway back. You're putting a spider web. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. That's so much work. Um, other people how are say we gonna that's, do this? <laughs> how are we going to do this? Other, other people are like, wow, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. There's opportunity for me in that vision and I can, I can stay here. So, which is why the planning process kicks off with the vision 
and it ends with clarity of the big rocks, the three to five main things we're going to do to, to make a leap towards this vision. It's actually not even rocket science. It's just, it's the brilliance is in the discipline. Mm-hmm. And it's about laying it out there and then following it. So many of us, and I'm, guil- I'm guilty of this, we get our head in, in the sand and we're just working, working, working. Every now and then we look up and go, where are we? Are we are we any closer? Is And we need to pull back. And I, as a leader, I've, I've been coaching a little less clients these days because my team is, has put some appropriate pressure on me to make sure, you know, we're, we're now in this business 20 years and it's, it's in so many levels, it has served my needs. So many, I mean, from autonomy uh, to, to the, you know, friendships uh, to just the love of coaching that I have. But what I realized over the last several years is, hey, by the way, I've got a couple of kids in my business who are going to be taken over. I need a broader vision and make sure that we can grow past then. So this visioning thing, is something that I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it you must honor the rock in your shoe, which is telling you where you should go and things you should do and what your purpose is. Um, so for clarity's sake, I think it's important just to make the distinction um, because a lot of a similar practice or exercise is done when you are doing a primary aim, but that's a personal, yeah. that's a yeah, personal yeah. state of state of future. Well, it, and uh, in fact, I, I I would say you 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 should do your vision after your primary aim, right? So your primary aim needs to serve your life. It's like, how is my life going when my physical self, my spiritual self, my mental self, my work self, my relationships are where they want? And so you do this primary aim, and now you're in a good position to say, okay, now how is my business vision going to meet that? So that is... Um, a step that should should follow it because you don't want the the tail to wag the dog. You don't want right. the business to drive what you're doing. You want what you want to drive what you're doing, and what you were meant to do, and your purpose and and strength and and things like that. And so important to note that all that our cascading planning cycle, our our business planning documents, they all start here. They all start with they all start primary there. aim and company vision. Yes. Because we can't do anything with you until we know where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so one of our values is adaptability. And so we have to meet people where they are. We have to meet people where they are and where they want to go. Um, and then we have to become a coach to help them become the best version of who they are, hold them accountable, and then give them some of the systems uh, to be like a Sherpa up the mountain, which is why I, I called our peer group to summit right it's all mm-hmm. based on <clears throat> the vision the right the summit everybody looks up like everybody has this idea of how this business is going to be awesome and, and uh now we have to get the pathway up up the mountain uh by using our teams and our systems and different different resources to get there so like the business planning cycle like budgeting this visioning is done annually. And obviously, you know, we, we can sense why it's important because it's helping to drive direction for the company. But yeah. 
why else is it important? I mean, there, there's got to be other, almost more tangible things that you can see totally. of the impact of doing visioning. Well, so let, let's start by saying that it motivates and engages people uh, to gain commitment towards uh, a common direction. Um, it, every, every decision should be put up against the vision. Um, it's employees see opportunity. If you talk with Kevin, Brother Kevin here, he has been doing his vision, um, I believe since 1993. And he's had people advance um, from an apprentice up to a CFO. That's a good story. Steve DeFrano, it's made that. And Steve sat and he heard where Kevin was going and what new position is going to be out there. He has taken people, made made them sales people. So people see opportunity. Don't let people see opportunity outside the company. Let employees see opportunity inside your company. Yeah. Um, pique their interest internally. Don't I, create, don't create a need to be piqued externally. I've got this thing on my desk. It's a business card holder. Uh, back in the day when business cards were big, it says lead with vision. Um, and it's actually, it's from, it's from Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And uh, I I keep that there just to remind myself that the people out here need need a vision. Now, a, a proverb is sort of a universal truth for practical, um, godly living, or it illustrates an example that represents a fundamental truth. That is a fundamental truth. Help people see the opportunity. If they don't, they will see it somewhere else. It um. It also is important because it's going to define the big rocks that we work on, uh, and to to have to have clarity. It's which which is alignment of resources. Um, there's so many opportunities, and people chase what what I refer to as shiny lures. Oh, so yes. I fish, I fish for largemouth bass. You know, Molly, it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going up to to the lake this weekend and. I'm going to try and get a largemouth bass to chase my shiny lure. Uh, and they get hooked. And the, uh, So when we chase shiny lures, it's taking us away. And if everybody is not chasing shiny lures, everybody is focused. We have alignment of, of resources. We have engagement of, of people. We have employees seeing opportunity. We have energy. And uh, it's awesome. When you can keep this... Um, current and 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 factored into every conversation as a leader that you have, you tie them into how it relates to your vision. So, are you encouraging in, the practice of doing this annually? And so, you've mentioned kind of at the start, you know, three year visions and one year vision. A question to you: If we're doing this annually, are we are we rewriting our company vision for the next year, or are we rewriting our three year company vision again, or both? Yeah, yeah. Well, people can do it do it different ways. I I always like to do a three year vision, uh, and then I like to do the one year rocks and and sort of to see how next year is going to be the first year of that three year vision. So every year is sort of like a moving future Got of it. what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like all good things, um, there comes challenges and there comes obstacles in the way. What are the obstacles 
to writing this, to writing this vision outside of it maybe feeling daunting. Well, you know, um, how do we predict the future? You know, one of the first things is, uh, it is, it's risky for people to put it down on paper. It's risky, and 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 also people that don't think it's clear, so they're afraid to write it when they don't when they need to realize that it's that it's it's dynamic. It it can change. You know, planning is more important than the plan itself. The ability to plan and navigate, and and so if it's too blurry, people won't do it. Um, and so, and then people are risk adverse because they don't see themselves there. They haven't given what I call image extension of what they think that they're capable of, or it's too dreamy and they mistake a vision for a dream. Hey, it's cool to dream. I love dreaming. You know, man, what if someday I could blank, but I'm not talking about a dream. I'm talking about a vision, which is going to become a reality for which you're going to build a roadmap uh, to get there. And you're going to take your team with you through prioritization of the big rocks, illuminate B to A, the things you're going to do to get to, to your vision. And then you look like a genius. The simplicity of this thing is amazing. It's the discipline of doing it and staying focused. Discipline is remembering what you want. And have we even taken the time to write down what we want? And I tell you, once you do, it's like a bright, sunny day outside. When you don't do it, it's cloudy. It's like driving in the fog. Uh, so um, that's why people Which don't do Which one would argue is a little bit more dangerous than driving <laughs> on a clear day. So totally. why? Don't drive in the fog. Yeah. A question for you, though. Have you ever come across, maybe in any scenario, where a, a client has done a three-year vision and you you kind of you finally get to that that present day where that vision was created for, and the company doesn't look like doesn't look anything like what the vision said it was supposed to, and is there? Is there feelings of, um, I don't want to say disappointment, but also, um, you know, frustration and that, that, that prevents somebody from wanting to do another vision again, because they obviously, they, in their minds, they couldn't hit that vision. So what makes them think they could hit the next three-year vision? Well, you know, uh, I, I I'm happy to, to report that I don't have many stories of that. I have got so many stories of people hitting their vision and are stoked and they did what they wanted to. Uh, now, I'll say this, um, I have two two clients that I'll mention right now, Steve Talkington, who's also a coach, and Josh Crothers, Prescott mm -hmm. Landscaping. Um, both of them have recently hit, hit these visions. Now, Steve, um, I guess his his father died at a young age, so he never thought he was going to live past 50, 52. And so he stopped doing visions at that time. And then uh, through coercion, we got a great vision <laughs> done for him. And he has hit this vision, and he is incredibly happy. And now he's working on the next vision. Josh Crothers, who just attended a retreat with us, um, he's a he did this vision, and he's a tent 
accomplished more success um, with his team development and his and his sort of you know reserves and financials that he ever thought possible. And now he's feeling like I did that because I did a vision. What's my next vision? So now he's working on it. Uh, so um, more, way more successes. Um, I will say, um, not enough people still do it. I would say those who do do it and follow it uh, tend to hit it. Those who start it and don't, those are stories that I have that don't finish it, don't don't come back to. Whenever I'm in a coach coaching lull with someone, I always got to come back to to the vision because the vision should give a person goosebumps. It should give them excitement. And uh, so we need to then drive actions around that. Well, that was going to be my response to when you said that you don't really have any scenarios that you can think of or any examples of of a, a vision not being hit and there being that feeling because power of the coach and what you do is you make sure that your client is always coming back to the vision. It, that's our that's your job at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And I I mean I, I'm looking at behind you, there is um a poster put together of words of what you know what it means to be a coach. And I'm seeing mentor and I'm seeing um energy. There's what else am I seeing? Oh, the lighting just changed on me. So I I can't I'm not seeing inspire, ambition, ability. You're really you're driving them towards that vision again and again and again through the coaching that you're doing. Yeah. Through the I, practice, I need to do you know, practice I, of, I, of those goals. Yeah. I mean people listening who I coach, I need to do it more. And my apologies if I've if I stray away sometimes plan on me always getting back to your vision. Role of a coach, bring you yeah, back man. to your vision. So where do you start? Okay. How do you start? Yeah. So now, now let's get into visioning, like the system, the practice of visioning. Uh, so um, this is primarily the leader's responsibility. So you, you CEOs out there, um, you, you've got to bring this to your planning team, your management team. You don't have to bring a finished vision. You know, Molly, how I I I do it. I'll bring I'll bring an outline, um, and I I I begin socializing it first. I socialize different ideas with all of you. You know, Molly, now with sort of the direction we're going, um, I've been talking to a lot of you guys about this and that. And so your primary aim, strategic intent, which is ten years out, what you ultimately want for the business. What ultimately are you doing here? Are you gonna are you gonna sell it? Are you going to uh, keep it and but put a GM in place? So generally speaking, what what's your strategic intent for the business? Um, I like to do an environmental assessment. What I mean by that is what's going on out there in the competitive world, in the market world, where where there's opportunity. Also, I take I take excerpts from the book, good good to great. Uh, Tom Collins. Uh, where he talks about um, he talks about the hedgehog concept, uh, where we, we're talking about the three most important things in any direction. Number one, do you have passion around it? Number two, does the profit model work financially? Is it profitable? And number three, can you be number one or two in the market there? Um, 
I have dropped business lines because I wasn't passionate about it. I mean, you know me. If I'm if I'm passionate about something, I'm almost over the oh, top. Oh, we know. We yeah. know. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I, I, I used to have a call center, right? And it got to a point where we were answering calls for 30 companies and it needed an investment. It needed a new building. I had zero passion around it. Zero. Uh, so I dropped it and I felt like, I levitated. I mean, I felt so good <laughs> that now I was, I was focusing on what I love to do, uh, which is coaching and consulting and helping businesses. Um, you want to get a voice of the customer. So in the recent visioning um, exercise I just did, I just did seven focus groups with, with seven groups of customers, clients, and I sort of told them where I was and where I was thinking about going. I got some great, great input. So, and then there's a voice of the employees. You look around, you look at, at, at talent. So you're taking all these and you're socializing and then you're writing notes and you're writing bullets called, uh, um, called vision uh, bullet points. Then you can write your narrative, your one or two page, but the bullet points are, the future uh, in bullets, what it will look like. Um, and that's how you do, do your visioning. Starting with, is it serving your business? What is, what does a market look like? Am I passionate about it? Can we be really good at it? Um, and then, and then don't, don't stress. It can change next year. That's okay. And don't beat yourself up if you do, because it's a moving future, but you're providing direction for everybody on, on your team and new opportunities, new positions evolve from it. Um, that is a energized company. So the, the things that you're maybe bringing to the table with getting the voice of the employee, the voice of the customer, my assumption is that you've outlaid some things that you're where you think that you're going. Um, so you know how how big the business is going to be, you know, yeah. what do you expect the um cert, you know, are you have you expanded any services? So what are some of the the guiding questions that you as the owner need to kind of run yourself through to then to then be able to socialize these concepts and these these thoughts with customers, team members, et cetera. So, so when we start working with a customer, we, we've got somewhere in, in the neighborhood of 16 questions that we'll ask them uh, if they've thought about it as we help them unfog their future. Um, we want to get a sense of how big their business is. Remember, I'm talking about a date in the future, not now. So it's 2023, so we'll start our planning process. We're going to be asking customers about, tell me about December 2026. What's going on in your business? How big is it? How, how many employees do you have? What's the organizational structure like? Do you have a management team? Talk to me about the culture of your business. Talk to me about decision-making and how it's been, it's been pushed down. Let's talk about training programs. What does your training program look like in 2026? What services do you, do you offer? Geography, are you in the same service area? Or do you, or do you, do you see yourself expanding? What are you most known for in your community? Um, who's your target market? What, what do your financial reserves look like? 
That's a good question. Because we always want to work back there. And they, they'll say to me, well, what, what should they be? And all of these will give input, will say, um, will we'll help them to unfog uh, by, by saying, by kind of giving them an idea of what's possible, what's not. And then that helps drive like what systems we have that they can, they can get and become a part of. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We, we, we ask them to then write a story about three years out. And, and now it's like, okay, if that's the book, now let's go play the game. Well, let's what's cool is that game. we we use these questions. We have the, the customer, the client, you know, f- put some thought in, and fill these out. Maybe it's a conversation, right? Um, it's a chance for them to dream a little bit in a fun way, in a guiding way, so it doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, like you said, m- maybe there needs to be some conversations that maybe that's not attainable in three years, or no, I think you can do more than that in three years. Um, but then what's cool is that often, you know, our team is the one then writing the vision vision, utilizing this information. And then we get to read that vision out loud to that, to that client. And I've had the privilege of doing this many years back when I was working in a different position within the company. And I would, I'd write company visions based upon uh, the feedback or the, the notes that were received in a, in a conversation and just seeing their faces or the reaction to hearing that vision, they felt pretty good about it. Smiles on their face. You would say, "How's that sound? It sounds pretty good." And they, sounds they, they like it's it. exactly what I want. Yeah, I mean that—that's a goosebump moment, right? Yeah. That's a goosebump moment, and they'll say, "I mean, they say like you can help me get there." Yeah, man. Okay. We just need to stay disciplined, and we we can get there. And then it's about prioritization, right? Uh, right. And the biggest issue <laughs> is people want it now. <laughs> and it's yeah so what do we what do we and then you bring it back to the year so what are we focusing on this year yeah. to help us on that guiding path towards that vision being yes. created yes now you've got the vision the vision is written how do you share it who do you share it to so i mean the biggest problem besides um not getting it done is is once it is done not communicating it and uh so that's why we we call uh, our our planning process the cascading planning cycle, because your vision has to cascade down to every employee. Um, one of my first bosses, if anybody heard my keynote a couple of years ago, was a guy CEO by the name of Gus Gamash, and it was the first time that I realized the power of visioning with employees. Um, he and I, I was helping him prepare for this all-employee talk to about 250 employees. And he talked about um, getting in a hot air balloon and going over a mountain ridge and seeing 1993. So mind you, it's 1990 now. And he says, 1993. And he said, here's what I see. And he described what he saw. And he named people who had done well. And it was just such a moving experience. Um, so then he would incorporate a vision conversation in one-on-ones all, all throughout the year uh, so that everybody had a line of sight. So we talk about the individual development plans, IDPs. Um, when you're really kicking on all, all cylinders as a, a, a you know company, 
Um, you have um, people at a lower level doing IDPs about where they want to go with the three-year business vision and where, where they see themselves. And then you help them get there. That's when you've, you have nailed it. And the research is in, you need to communicate vision 10 times more than you think you do. Uh, 10X, it's called. I had a great story. Yesterday, uh, I did a mastermind group um, and I had Ross Kinney, who heads up uh, the operations and is becoming GM of Fitzpatrick Painting um, and $11 million business in Oregon. And uh, he did an IDP uh, with us through Paul Cook uh, three years ago. And he was a field supervisor. And uh, his IDP, his vision stated that he wanted to be GM and he quoted it. And I pulled that up because he was a guest speaker. I pulled that up and Molly, the dude rocked it. And he rocked it because Tim, by the way, does a great job at visioning. Um, mm -hmm. And he needed a guy like Ross, who who's a, a integrator. So it it was such a such a authentic and gratifying story of how to take someone with talent and show them the opportunity and kick out the ceiling of what they could achieve. And it started years ago. Um, that's the power of visioning. Um, it's such a win-win. It's a win for Ross. It's a win for Tim. It's a win for the full company, right? I mean, yeah. to be able to grow someone into that role and for Tim to, to realize he's got someone who is eyeing up that position and wants it and it's hungry for it. I mean, as an owner, you really can't ask for much else. You really can't, you know, and Tim, Tim in a few years is going to be out. He's going to stay owner, but he's got a lot of, he's in, into real estate and all. And um, Tim, Tim doesn't love running the day to day. Uh, and so um, that's why you want a vision. You want to show those opportunities. Yeah. So what's, you know, what's next after you've shared the vision, do you ever come, I mean, you've talked about coming back to it to help align with, make sure you're on track with things throughout the year, but do you, do you ever rewrite the vision in the middle of the year or do you wait until the next annual year? No, you, you do. Yeah. It, as I said, planning is more important than the plan. And if, if you change direction, um, then make sure it's clear. Clarity of vision, clarity of direction is essential. Just like I, I ask people for organizational charts and and it changes. And all of a sudden it's it's not clear whose role is what. It I don't I don't totally care what who does what as much as I care that everybody knows what everybody's role is. So it's okay to change it mid-year. Uh, you don't want to have a lot of fits and starts, but you can make a misdirection. You know, doors open, doors close. The trick mm -hmm. is stay out of the hallway. So let's let's pick a door. Let's all row that way. And if it's the wrong one, you move out um, and you go into the next door. Uh, and then you know, um, I'm now going going to lunch once a month with different employees and I'm relating the vision to where they're going. So uh, I'm not everybody's supervisor, but I feel like as CEO, I want to, well, you know, my number one value, right? Engagement from the team. Engagement, right. 
So we, mm-hmm. we have seven values and engagement is my number one value in the business. And um, uh, so engagement means that everybody on my team is working in a position that maximizes their capability and their interests. And they come to work and they feel appreciated and they feel valued and they feel valuable. And when you have an engaged community of employees, amazing things happen. And in the absence of vision, the people perish because they don't know how they contribute to this greater thing. I mean, we just had some amazing things happen, Molly, with your team. I mean, Maureen uh, organized this this Alaska retreat that mm-hmm. we just got back from, and she is engaged. Uh, Jen has done an amazing job starting the new field leadership peer group for us. And I saw engagement. I felt engagement. That started six months ago with the vision of where we're going with additional peer groups. And now they feel like they are a major, a major part of where we're all going. So Absolutely. And I, and I should just add, because speaking of IDPs, I mean, I'm working through their IDPs um, right now and they'll be having lunch with you, but um, it was great to see where they thought they would be and and how I could speak to the, where the vision of the company was and meet, you know, where there's opportunity for them. Uh, But the biggest takeaway for me, and I am sure that those who are listening I've either been are either in this position now or have employees or other, you know, whatever, have people in this position where a company has never asked them, where do you want to go personally, professionally? How can we get you there? Both Maureen and Jen come from different backgrounds working in education, and they had never had um, leadership ask them, you know, what their goals were. And it was really impactful for both of them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, we always say here, we are we do our best to practice what we preach. No business is perfect, no company's perfect, but we are we are really we are practicing what we preach here with having these conversations, practicing the vision, talking about these things. It's not all pretty, folks. We there's always debate that's involved, but the the more important part is that you're doing it, that you're having yeah. those conversations. I, I I never want to be a faker. You know what I mean? And I, I, so like, and I mean, what I mean by that is when I, when I coach around how much reserves you have to have, when I coach around doing IDPs, I, I've, I can't be the shoe repair guy with the bad shoes. I, you know, right. I, I need, I need the good shoes. Uh, and the good shoes is doing, doing what's right to take care of the shoes. <laughs> so there well, you have it. it. That. There we have it. And it's a really, it. actually a really great time for us to be having this conversation and, and releasing this episode because we are end of August, beginning of September. And this is the time, which is crazy to say, but this is the time when we are thinking about 2024 annual planning. Yes, it needs to start end of August, early September. I've, I've moved there already. Yeah, my head's there. We got, yeah. and I, we know it feels far off, but, and this is, the, the first step is looking at your, as an owner, looking at your primary aim again, looking at your company vision, making those changes. That's where you start. And then you move into, you know, the big rocks and the budgeting for next year. But this is the time to start. So it's a, it's a perfectly aligned conversation, Brian. Lead with vision where there's no vision the people perish. And we'll leave it at that. 
Thanks, All right, Bri. Till next time. Bye-bye. You bet. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.